Boker Tov, today's daf is daf Mem, Hey, and Gittin. As we learned for a fourth for a loss of Ben Ruben, Yosef, Shilvan, Chai, Michal. We're about eight, nine lines down on the page at the two dots, three lines into the wide lines. After the Arik Mechutzlaretz Laaretz, it was a Evi Kanani who escaped. You ran from Mechutzlaretz to Eretz Yisrael. This is a good thing. He comes into Eretz Yisrael, you're not supposed to send him back. What happened? Ozel Maria Basre, so the mass, his master, his Adon, his owner, let's call him his owner, uh, went after him, tried to bring him back to Chutzlaretz. Also, he came to Ravami, came for Ravami. Omelay Ravami said he's in Eretz Yisrael now. Nichtabachashtar Adamit. Tell you what we're going to do. We'll write an IOU that the Evet owes you what his worth is. In other words, like he's ransoming himself. Because of what I get to the Cheruso, and you better give him a uh, get shifter. In other words, you must release him. You're right, he ran away and he, you owned him. He should give you an IOU for his value that he owes you the money, but you got to let him go free. Be low. If you don't do that, if you don't listen to me, I'll take him out of your possession. Based on Rav Achim Rav Yosha's brushes, we'll see in a minute. I will force him out of your possession anyway. The Tanya, by the Shiva Umos, that you're not supposed to let live in Eretz Israel. The Machlok is among the Rishonim, whether you're supposed to actually kill them all or give them an opportunity to uh, to stop doing a Bodhisattva and live in peace, keep the Zad mitzvos. But uh, in any case, you're not supposed to leave them as they are in your land. It says, they shouldn't stay, dwell in the land. Maybe they'll cause you to sin. So who are we speaking about there? We speaking about one of like, like a ger toshav that uh, is allowed is a goy, but he agreed not to keep uh, not to uh, worship the idols, basically to keep some mitzvahs. Are we talking about somebody like that? You're not allowed to keep something like that in Eretz Israel. Pasuk speaking about we're talking about an eved who uh, escaped. You shouldn't return him to his master. My So what should you do? In other words, if he should stay with you, So that's what the drosha speaks. We're not talking about the the the, the that says that then I'll have to live with you. That's about the We're not talking about a guy who just uh, who's who's given up a bodazar. We're talking about a guy who has a bodazar. Him you're not allowed to keep. But that Pasuk is speaking of In other words, even though the Pasuk is Eved, we don't really mean literally an Eved, a servant. We mean a guy, a guy who's given up his, his uh, Avodah Zorah. In other words, if a guy is given up his Avodah Zorah, as indicated, it's, it's not exactly clear in the Pasuk, but that's what we're referring to. If he is running away from you, from his God, meaning he's given up on his God, he should stay with you. So a person, a guy who's given up on Avodah he's allowed to stay there. Because of Yosha, I mean, Madonna, me am Aviv, or the gears of me am Elohav, we boile. Why does it say from his master? It should say from his father or from his God. That's what we mean. In other words, if we're talking about a, 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 a guy who's given up on his Avodah it should say he's escaped to you from his God. That's what it should say. Elam Rav Yosha, we're not talking about a guy who's given up a Bodhazara. We're not talking about that. We're talking about, uh, and the truth is, a guy who's given up a Bodhazara could stay in Eretz Yisrael. But we're not talking about, we're talking about a person who sold his Evet to Chutzlaretz, which is what we talked about in our Mishnah, which is really Xeradrabodim. But if you should say, no, here's a source in the Torah for that, that if you sell your Evet to Chutzlaretz, you shouldn't take him back. He goes out free. That's what we're speaking about. Los Asker Evet Aladonov. 
he shouldn't, he shouldn't come back to you. Once he's on Chosaretz, he's free, Yekos Medaber. So this is what Rav Yosha said to so his own son, Rav Koshle Rav Achi Rav Yosha. Rav Achi Rav Yosha, his, the son of Rav Yosha, who is the one that, when we started this story, Rami said to uh, the owner of the Evan who escaped Teres if you don't give him his freedom, he'll give you an IOU, but if you don't give him his freedom, I will impose on you the law of Rav Achi Rav Yosha. Here's where that law is. Rav Koshle Rav Yosha, Rav Achi Rav Yosha. If we're talking about an Evet who escaped from, uh, from uh, 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 an Evet that you sold to Chutzlaretz, so what do you mean, Asher Yinasal Eilecha? Asher Yinasal Miyemchumi Boile. It should be that he he is he, he was he went away from you. He was saved from you. You sold him to Chutzlaretz. So why did it say Asher Yinasal Eilecha? The pasuk says Lasaske Asher Yinasal Eilecha will be saved to you. To you sounds like he's coming to you. You're talking about you're talking about a case where he's uh, sold your ever to chutzlaretz, right? It's, it should say Asher Yinasal Boy. He should be saved from you, meaning he's no longer your possession. Once you sold him there, you can't. Uh, he's got to go out free. You can't take him back, and the the new master can't keep him either. It should say from you. Ella Amar Bachi You know what the pasuk speaking about? In other words, Bachi doesn't agree with his father Biosha, and he doesn't agree with the first interpretation. That we're speaking about a, a, a guy who left the uh, Bodazara, and Rav Yosha said, "No, it's speaking about a selling your your slave to Chutzlaretz." No, Rav Yosha says it's speaking about the Evet Shabbat from Chutzlaretz We're not talking about a case of a guy who gave up a Bodazara. We're not talking about a case of a Jew who sold his slave from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlaretz, which is what we learned in our missions at Tikkun. That Tikkun is Chachamim that he has to go out free. We're talking about a case of a slave who escaped from Chutzlaretz to Eretz Yisrael across the Medaber. That's what we mean. If he escaped to Eretz Yisrael, ah, Los Oscar, don't return, don't repatriate him to his master. That's what we're speaking about. Therefore, this is what Ravami told that that the owner of the slave, the slave. We start up the story with an Evid who escaped from Chutzlaretz to Eretz Yisrael, came to Ravami, said, "Look, I need to get him back." Ravami said, "Listen, give him his freedom. He'll give you an IOU, but give him his freedom. If not," I'll take him out of your hands based on Russia, that he learns that the Pusik of Losaskar Evadonov is speaking about an Evid who escaped from Khuslaritz to Eris Israel. And you're not supposed to repatriate him with his with his owner. You're supposed to let him stay free in Eris Israel. In other words, you won't even get your money. Either be nice, give him a get shikhar, and in return he'll give you an IOU. And if you're not going to do that, I'll just let him go free. Tanya Idach, based on this Pusik of Rachibosha, Tanya and other price of Losaskar Evadonov. A different shot in Los Askelavadonov. If you bought a slave on the condition that you're going to free him. In other words, you wanted to free this man, but he's owned by somebody else. So he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to buy him on the condition. I'm going to buy him when I buy him. I'm going to let you go free. What's the case? He wrote in the shot. When I buy you, when I buy you, you're, you're, you're owned from right now. Even though it's a double shlob all olam, it goes like maybe like your mayor that uh, that you could do. You know, it's a double shlob. He's not free yet. But when I buy you, you're going to be free from right now. So what, he, what he's saying over here is this: you can't go back on that. That's the point. That if you make a deal and you tell the Evid, I'm going to buy you in the condition that when I buy you, you're free from today. You can't go back on that deal. That's what he means to say, right? Rashi says, right, even where we are, Master Shachro, Israel Kos of a Bezdin Shek Pushlo Ishtavabo. The Pusik is telling Bezdin, Losasko Vadonov, if he made such a deal, he can't go back on the deal. He can't uh, serve him because he said, when I buy you, 
I'm going to free you from right now. In other words, he's effectively telling the Eved, right now you can't own anything, you're an Eved. But when I buy you next week, you're, you're your own owner from today. And so that's called the Dover Shalvalim. He's not free yet. He can't, he can't own anything yet now, the Eved. When I buy you, you'll be free from today. And the, and the Pasuk Losaska Elvadonov is like a law, is a, uh, is a instruction to Besin, don't let this purchaser now go back on the deal and keep him and enslave him in any way. So there's, at the end of the day, we have like four different Shatim in Losaska Elvadonov, but we have Ravachim, Rabbi Yoshu says that, and Ebed escapes there, it's uh, You can't enslave him. And Rabbi's Rosh of Losaska Elvadonov, if he made a deal and gave him his freedom, he can't go back on the deal. Rav Rafchista lived in, in Babel, and uh, his slave escaped to Bekisoy also in Babel, different place in Babel. Shalach, who he sent to them, Adrila, please send them back to me. The Pasuk says, you're not supposed to return, repatriate an Ebed who escaped. So, but the gear in the, the parentheses says, he taught them, what do you mean? It's a lost item. Right? Uh, so, uh, so they said, says Losasko Alvarov, Shalchi answered him, Ahu be'evit shabach mechutz la'aretz la'aretz. That's speaking about an slave who escaped from chutz la'aretz teretz Yisrael, ukeravachi b'rav Yoshia. Shabach mechutz la'aretz la'aretz. He escaped from chutz la'aretz teretz Yisrael. And ukeravachi b'rav Yoshia, that's what it's speaking about. Shalchi, that's speaking about a different case. Possibly Losasko is not talking about when he escaped from Babel to another place in Babel. It's talking about when he escaped from chutz la'aretz teretz Yisrael, then you can't return him. Why did he send him that to Rosh? In other words, if he just wanted to say that um, that I'm entitled to my Evid back when he escaped from one place in Bubble to another place, why did he have to tell him that the Losasko of Adonov is speaking like Ravachi Bravosha, talking about when he went for, when the, the Evid escaped from Kutzlar to Israel? Why didn't he say, maybe he goes like Rebbe, who learns it talking about if you bought an Evid, I'm an Astafriyim, you have to maintain your contract with the Evid. You know, maybe he's telling him, why didn't he tell him like Rebbe? Right? All he has to do is say that the Pasuk is not like you mean. You mean to say Los is in all cases, whenever it ever escapes, you can't repatriate him? No, maybe it's like Rebbe. Because when he was speaking to these people, he sent them this Evid escaped to Bekisoy. They were not learned people, they didn't respect the Chachamim. And he felt that the the Pashat shot of the word sounds more like a Bachrabosha that we're talking about an Ebed who escaped from Chutzlar Ters Israel rather than Rebbe's shot that we're speaking about an Ebed who was promised by his future purchaser that he's going to give him his freedom when he purchased him. That's a little bit far out. It's not as simple in the Pashat. That's when you explain something to an Amaretz or somebody who doesn't release this, you're better off translating the Pashat in the simplest form, the way it sounds. You know, in the vernacular, not not the drasha of Rebbe. Abaya they chamra bekesai. Abaya lost a donkey in that place in bekesai. He one of the donkeys ran away. Shalfu he sent him shadruli. Please return it to me. Shalfu they said shalach simna. Can you send us a mark, a mark, a distinctive mark to show that? How do you know that the donkey is yours? You have a simon. So pardon. Yeah, the donkey. Right, right. Yeah, and the simon. Yeah, yeah. Here's a good simon. If he starts talking, that's a simon that he's not, right? That's a good, that's a pretty good simon. If he starts talking in English, that's a good simon that he's a uh, Billum's donkey. The Shalachlu, 
the Hivakrisi, he's got a white uh, belly. I guess his under underbelly is white. Shochulei, <laughs> In other words, his name was, he was called Abaya. He was brought up by Rabbi Bar Nachmani, so he was called Nachmani. That was, if it wasn't, wouldn't be that you are well known. Like you know, we know that you're a chassid, that you're a pious, and you wouldn't lie. We wouldn't, we wouldn't return him to you based on that, on that inconclusive mark of distinction. Most donkeys have like a white bottom on the bottom there. Their belly is white. So that's not much of a simon, but we believe you anyway, because we know that you're an honest man. Says the This has been a problem throughout history when Jews were taken into captivity. In fact, the famous story of Maram Rottenberg re- refused to be ransomed because he knew that the guy would just take another one. So the old thing, like, you know, just if you ransom him for a lot of money, they'll just take more Jews into captivity. So he said, don't ransom me, and he died in captivity. So um, you don't redeem captive Jews for more than their value. How do you appraise their value? What would be worth if it was sold on the market uh, as a slave? So you don't do it for more than that. I mean, if you get them because of abuse, uh, that you know, for the benefit of society, we can't allow that to happen. The Mepharshim talk about what happens if he's in danger of death. They're going to kill him. That's, it, could be a, it could be a case of the danger of death. Then maybe the Mepharshim de- grapple with that idea. Could you redeem anyway? But otherwise, ideas, you're not supposed to redeem them for more than their Value. Another reason for the benefit of society, we don't encourage, we don't try to help captives escape. Because if you, if you we'll see why in the Gemara, why you don't try to help them. So is the reason because we're afraid what? If you help them escape, then they will, uh, what, the, what they will do is, um, we'll see what the Tikkun Olam is. We'll see in a minute what the Tikkun Olam is. But Rav Shimuel said, "Not kind of shvuyim. You know, we're worried about the shvuyim, meaning that if you if you um, uh, if you help if you try to help them escape, then the other ones who are in captivity, the other people in captivity, they'll they'll they will uh, you know torture them even more. If you help two, you know, if you, there's two Jews and you help one escape, the other one will be tortured. So we'll see how the Gemara deals with the boilu." When you say that you shouldn't redeem captives for more than their value, is it because it would impose a burden on society. All of a sudden, you know, if they used to, that used to be a common appeal. Today, we make an appeal for the yeshiva, for the shul. They used to have an appeal to raise money to to ransom this person from captivity. So is it because of it's too much of a burden on society on the on the Jewish uh, congregation? If you if you pay them once, you know, they'll they'll be encouraged to 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 grab more people and to. Uh, Capture more people is the reason when you say tikkun olam is the tikkun olam that it's too much of a burden on society to redeem them, or because by paying the ransom you're going to encourage more you're going to encourage more captives. Uh, you know the goyim will be encouraged to take more people to captivity. Toshma the lady Bardarga that was his name Parkula Barsay he ransomed his daughter but placed out by for thirteen thousand gold coins a tremendous amount of money and um, and now if the reason would be because of uh, the burden on society, the Nafkamina would simply be, if let's say there was one wealthy man, he wanted to redeem his own daughter and there would be no burden on society. But if the reason is because it would encourage more people to be taken into captivity, uh, then that would be a problem. So the horror from this you see over here that the reason is because he redeemed them, he redeemed his own daughter for a lot of money without asking society for it. He was a wealthy man. So the horror you see over here 
that you're allowed to if you're wealthy. So the reason is because of burden on society. If it's not a burden of society, if he wanted to free him on his own, it would be okay. Who says, no, maybe the reason really is, is that it would encourage more, more, more uh, capturing, uh, more, uh, you know, more captives to be taken. Uh, maybe that's the reason. But, and, and therefore, what he did was improper. Who said he did it with the, with the agreement of the rabbis? Maybe he went against the rabbis. He didn't listen to the rabbis. He wanted to ransom his own daughter, no matter what. The reason is because it's a burden on the on the tzibur. But if it's not a burden of the tzibur, he's a wealthy man. He's going to redeem himself. It's mashpah that it would be okay because he did it. The answer is no. Maybe that's not okay either. He just didn't listen to the chacham. Maybe now you can be the leka el Okay, so here again, what's the tikkun olam over here? Because uh, you're going to cause. Uh, you're going to cause uh, pain and suffering, torture uh, to the uh, to the to the other captives. So Rashi says, "Well, the would be or the elachad elachad shami tanakam achayish tikanolim kulo shemi yikvitzu al shvuim ha'atidim lavo." In other words, we're afraid that if we the the tanakam is they tikan what tikanolim again because you're afraid of abuse, just like we said they tikan olam in the first case. You don't you don't ransom captive people for more than their value because you're afraid what's going to happen in the future. They'll just, that'll encourage them to take more captives. Same way, if you if you help them get freed, they'll also just take more and more people. That's what's going to happen. In other words, if you if you help them, if you help the slaves today, you help some Jewish slaves escape, so what the going will do, they'll take more slaves and now they'll chain them. You know, they'll chain their feet and their hands and everything. So they wouldn't be able. So you wouldn't be able to escape. So don't don't try to help them escape. At least maybe they're getting treated part, you know, halfway okay. But if you if you help them escape, they'll put them in uh, in chains. And if Shimon says no, you only get so lochayish elim kein yeshvu in acherim imo you're only worried. Shemuel says no. Only if there's other ones with him there, then you have to be worried about it. You have to be worried about the future that they might put him in chains. If you can get him out now, you're not worried about the future. So the nafkmina would be the like elchad if there's only one captive there. If there's only one captive and there's no concern then about anybody else there, right? So if you're concerned about the future, any that any future captives will be put in chains, that that would apply. But if you're concerned, Rav Shemuel says only the karasashvui and the ones who are there right now. In other words, if if you free one slave and you left some other another Jewish slave in there, then they'll punish him even more. They'll chain him, etc., and they'll mistreat him. So that would be enough between them. Story. There's a story here with the daughters of Rav Nachman. Nachman, of course, was a fine rabbi, but his daughters were stirring the hot cauldron with their hands. Now that would be, that's like a miraculous thing. The boiling hot cauldron and they're stirring it with their hands. Looks miraculous. The Kashli Rabilish, Rabilish saw this and he said, What's going on here? It says, I found one in a thousand men who are righteous. I never found even one woman who was righteous among a thousand. And here you have all the bin Nachman. So he was he said, What's going on over here? Because so the says, something happened. And the Shtabin, and they were taken to captivity, Shtabi Iunami Badayev. And Rabilish was also taken to captivity with them. So it brings out the Marsha says that because he was wondering about the whole thing, that caused it because of what they did. And he was wasn't about that. Somehow 
that caused them all to be taken into captivity. Somehow, you know, the, the his wonderment about them, like he gave an ayin hara to the whole thing. So they were all taken into captivity, both the daughters of Rav Nachman who stirred the cauldron with their own hands, and Rav Ilish, one day, he was sitting with another man while they were in jail together. And of course, the women and the men were separated. So there was a man there who was an expert. He could tell bird talk. He knew bird talk. He could, he could interpret bird talk. Also, a raven came. The carlin was calling out to them. The two of them sitting there was calling out to Avilish. And Amalei, my comer, Avilish said to this bird man, we'll call him the bird man, bird man of Alcatraz. Amalei, uh, my comer, what is the bird saying? Amalei, he's saying, Ilish Barach, Ilish Barach, Ilish, get out of here, escape, escape. You, you get out of here now. Amr, so when Ilish heard that, Amar, Ilish heard that, or ravens are liars. You know, they're not uh, trusted, trustworthy birds. I wouldn't rely on him. Okay, a dove came, nicer bird. It also was calling out. Amalei, so again, Ilish said to the bird man, my comer, what is he saying? Amalei, same thing, Ilish Barach, Ilish Barach. You escape, try to escape, you'll get out. Amar Knesetrel, Kiona Mesila, Knesetrel is compared to a dove. Rashi quotes the Puskin, the first of the wide lines of Rashi, Yona Si, Kamasi, right? So compared to a bird, it's obvious from here that I, I'm going to be able to escape miraculously. It's a sign from heaven. Amar, but wait, before I escape, what about the daughters of Nachman, who apparently were righteous? What about them? Amar, Hazel Asabitz, I'll go look, I will go look into the situation with the daughters of Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman. Ikan Manusa, if they've been loyal, you know, they they haven't been um, uh, they haven't been uh, profaned, and they haven't been uh, mistreated, and they've been loyal to their husbands, meaning they haven't uh, done anything uh, wrong. Adrinim, I'll bring them back with me. Omar says, how am I gonna find that? No, she called me the Isla, whatever they talk. The women talk in the bathroom. That's when they talk and confide in one another. Shemitu say he went and listened near, near the basic. He said, "Listen, Shemitu, come and he said he, he heard them saying, I think of these jailers of ours, these goyim, they are our husbands. When our daughter governed, and our husbands back in our door, they're also our husbands." We should tell, what do I need our husbands back in our door? What's wrong with these guys? We were happy with these jailers. Uh, let's tell our cap, our capture, uh, our um, yeah, our captors. Let's tell our captors. They should put us in a jail a little bit further away from here. Uh, that our husbands should not come. will hear about us and they'll hear us talking. and and redeem us. In other words, we don't want to be redeemed. Why do we need those husbands of ours looking for us? We're better off being treated here by the captors. When he heard that, come. Rav Ilish got up and he realized that these people are not such sadikonios, they weren't loyal to their husbands. Come, he got up, Auric, and he ran away. And him and the guy who was with him, the, the bird man went, and they uh, they tried to escape. He, 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 made, he uh, had a, a miracle uh, happen to him. Uh, he was able to get onto the ferry and cross the river. That man didn't reach the uh, ferry in time. Ashkehu, they found him and they killed him. Kihadran, later on, Rav Nachman's daughters were indeed returned. Kihadran, uh, when they came, Omar, Rav said, he knew that they weren't such such because they were loyal to their husbands. Omar, uh, how were they able to stir 
the cauldron, hot cauldron with their hands. They did it with sorcery. These were not righteous women at all. Also, let's say Goyim have Stam, say for Torah, let's say they have Stam with them. Uh, also, you want, and they say, listen, you want to come around and buy, you know, it's a common thing to take Tefillin or a Torah and then say, here, well, how much you want to pay for it? You don't redeem them for more than a value. You get an Etik and Olam, either one of the reasons we said before, either because it's too much of a burden on the seaboard or because it shouldn't encourage them to steal more Stam. Amalei Rabudya Luravashi says the more on the top line. Yes, you shouldn't take, you shouldn't uh, buy them for more than value, but you are allowed to buy them back for their value. If a guy have a have stam, say for Torah Mezuzas, you're allowed to buy from them. Forget about not paying more than that. Let's say, let's say the value, you're paying the the uh, the market value. Are you allowed to do that? But what are they worth? You, you're gonna use you're gonna use stam that you bought from a uh, from a guy, but then. Shmamina says, Mashma, you could, says you shouldn't pay more than their value, but their own value, you could pay. Shmamina, Sefetar, Shims, Be'akama, Sefetar, Karimbo. Mashma, you can read a Sefetar. A guy comes in here with a Sefetar, like a guy comes in here, dressed like a Galach, and he comes in and he says, uh, he's like, yeah, we'd like to, let's have a Sefetar, we'll get the, we'll get the uh, music guy and the, uh, and the whole thing and make a lot of noise for a few hours and etc. <laughs> let's do that. No, no proof. Dilmalikos maybe just means that you have to store it away, put it in Geniza. In other words, you're not sure. Did the guy write it or not? If maybe the guy just stole it from a Jew and uh, it is a good safer Torah, so it means you should ransom it in order to in order to uh, uh, to store it away. So now we'll get into that issue. Amrab Nachman. I think we have a Kabbal Sefer Torah Shekos who min. A min is a person who is very loyal to Avodazara, a Dukbavarazara like a homer, like a priest. It then yeah, if he wrote a Sefer Torah, you burn it, you saw it. Why? Because he wrote it with the intention of Avodah He wrote it with Avodah in mind. You burn that. Because let's say a regular guy, he's not a real, uh, not so, he doesn't go to church every Sunday. He's just a regular guy. You got his, that should be stored away. We'll see if it's about that. Then so the admin, if it was just found in the hands of a man, you don't know that he wrote it. Maybe he took it from a Jew. It also should be stored away. You don't have to burn it. Only burn it if you know that a guy wrote it. Let's say you just found it in the hands of the Kachav. Not that he wrote it. So as Machok, some say it should be stored away because you don't know what happened. And some say you can even read from it. Why? Rashi explains it. It's a Svek Sveka. You found it in the hands of a guy. Maybe Yisrael wrote it. Vintim Salomar. And even if you say that the guy wrote it, maybe he didn't write for us, or so it's a spec sveka. So some say you could even read from it. I mean, it wouldn't be, you know, a choice safe to read from, but some say you could even read a safe to So a safe to that was written by a guy. Again, if it was found in the hands of a guy, some say you should store it away, some say you could even read it. But let's say you know that a Sefer Torah is written by a guy. So he said before, that was one sheet. And now we're going to say a different sheet. Once a Sefer Torah says he has to be burned, like it was written by a, like a homer, right? Like a priest. Some say it should be stored away. That's, that's like the price we said before. A third price it says, you can even read from it. So how do you, how do you resolve these three contradictions? There's a little caution. How to tell you, sorry, the one that says, sorry, goes like Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Lezer, the Omar, Stam, Machshav, Sikhav, Lavaz, Kavam. If a guy writes something, you have to assume it's for a Bodhisattva. So they have to burn it. But how to tell you, this one says, he does. 
high times this time in the time of Amnuna Brebra, the Rabbi Pashronia, Sevatotam Mazuzas, Shekhasvan, if it was written by who either takes out the word min, a Masor, an informer, an Abikhavim, a Goy, Evet, an Abiknani, Isha, a woman, a cotton, a Kuti, or even a Kuti, or who, who observes mitzvahs but doesn't do all the mitzvahs, the Israel Mummer, or an apostate Jew, they're all puzzled. Shenemar, Ukshat Musaftam. In other words, just like we see by Tfilin, it says, whoever normally puts on Tfilin, which are an Eved, Kanani, and Isha don't wear Tfilin, and Cotton don't wear Tfilin. Um, these other people don't wear Tfilin. Whoever normally wears Tfilin, yes, he can write it So therefore, you should store it away. We didn't say that it was written like Rebbe Lezor, but if it's written by somebody who doesn't wear Tfilin or doesn't wear Tfilin, you don't uh, you don't uh, keep you don't use the same term, you store it away. But Tanya Karim, by the one that says read it, high time goes like this and Tanya Lokan Sefatum. You can always buy a safe Torah from a guy. As long as you know that it was written properly, written properly. Now, this is a strange thing to say. You could buy a you could buy a safer Torah from a guy as long as you know that it was written properly. And this third one is saying, this third verse is saying that um, uh, uh, that a safer Torah, we're talking about a safer Torah that was written by a guy. So how does that how does that work? Okay, and maybe this really qualifies what we just said. He wrote safer Torah, but he says you're allowed to buy. Does Gemara wait a minute? Shimuliel says you're allowed to buy from a guy who wrote a safer Torah. Shimuliel evil he requires even the processing of the cloth, of the parchment, to be processed and tanned according for lishma, And he doesn't require exceeble lishma. A guy can't be lishma. You can't assume that a guy wrote a lishma. Where do we see that he requires that the processing must be lishma? Let's say you lined the um, Sefer Torah with uh, gold. Oshitala or behemor. We're talking about here maybe about uh, tefillin, right? Let's say you cover. We're not talking about sefer about tefillin. You uh, cover the um, uh, tefillin seat, but let's say you take the tefillin and you put some gold on top, not just the black boxes, but you put gold on top, or you put an or behemot tme. Use use the or that was used. The high was from a pig. That's psulos or behemot Torah. If it's behemot Torah, then it's kosheres. Rafa pishloyevulishman. Time the time says there. Even though it wasn't processed lishma, as long as it has to be made from a kosher animal, that's okay. Shemuel says no. Even if you use a proper animal, let's say from a cow, to make the boxes of the tefillin, it's still possible until it's processed, it's tanned and processed. The leather has to be processed lishma. So you see, Shemuel says the processing lishma. So the ksiva doesn't lishma. We're talking about a gear. It wasn't really a goy. And maybe this qualifies as we say, how do you know that it's written Lishma? The answer is, this is Rabbi Shem, can we say, okay, this goes like Rabbi Shem Leel, Rabbi Leel allowed it. How did Rabbi Leel allow it? The answer is really a Jew. He was a Ger. Okay, but he returned to his bad ways. So, if he returned to his bad ways and he went back to Abodazara, certainly it's no good. He didn't really return. He just pretended that he returned. He was afraid the guy were going to get him. But you left the church and you joined the Jews. So they were coming after him. So he pretended that he, out of his, out of, out of uh, fear, he went back. But he really was, 
he was really a Jew inside, and he wrote it Lishma. And perhaps only in that case would we say that you're allowed to uh, use a Sefer Torah written by a guy, not really a guy. So the only way you can use a guy's Sefer Torah to really read, right, if it's written by a person who is mamish you have to burn it. If it's simply written by a guy, you don't have to burn it, but you have to sort of away. When can you actually use it? If it was written Lishma, perhaps in this case, when it was written by a gear who just pretended not pretended to go back to Avodazar. Tanraban. Malamit topic. The truth is we say you can't spend more than their value, up to the value debt, but you could add a little bit. How much? Add a drop, tarpic. Might have less than a steer. Okay. You can add a couple of dollars, whatever a steer is worth. You can add a dollar or two. That you can add to the value. I tell you the story with a Arab woman. The IC Chayasad is filling, brought a bag full of filling. Coming over, she brought a bag of filling. She wanted to sell them. She's got a bag of filling. Omalah said, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. He said to her, You obviously, Raish, Raish, come and give me a set. A Raish means a Rosh, but it really means like a set. You're out there, I'll, uh, I'll uh, buy every pair from you for some dates. In Mazira, she got very angry that he made such a meaningless, cheap offer. Shakla, she took them, she disowned them, she threw them into the river so they were destroyed. Omar, Abayah said about himself, I shouldn't have cheapened them in her eyes so much. In other words, by only offering dates, so, you know, a little bit of food. So I to, 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 I, I, I was showing her that they're not worth that much. And it was my fault. I should have offered her something more substantial. So you see here, again, that Rishlakish um, uh, admonished himself for making such a poor offer and, and perhaps causing him to be thrown into the garbage. So now we get back to Gittin. Now listen carefully here. This is a little complicated Gemara. Let's say he's divorcing his wife because she got a, a, a bad reputation. She got a reputation that she wasn't acting properly. Uh, she was uh, promiscuous. Low Yasser. He's never allowed to take her back. Even if she didn't marry somebody else yet. And he's not a Kohen, he shouldn't take her back. The Rabbana makes it Shazera. Or Mishimnetter. Because she's an Adronis. I don't want her back. Lo yasser. We'll see why. See why. Now, we'll see why. Because there's two reasons the Gemara brings down, and it's gonna, we're gonna, they're going to be hidden in the words of the Mishnah here. One reason is, is because of Kilkula, what we call Kilkula. What does that mean? That it turns out later on that, she, that it was not true that she was promiscuous or that she or Nadarim don't count for anything. And she, he divorced her. She gets married to somebody else, and he comes along and says, had I known that it wasn't true, I would have never divorced you. I didn't mean to divorce you. Meanwhile, she's not divorced. Her kids from the second marriage are mom's and that's a problem. So the rabbi said, if you're going to divorce her because of one of these reasons, you should know we're not allowing you to, you can never take her back. It's final. Like all sales final. This sale is final. This is the, you can't take her back. So you can't come on with an excuse later on. Okay. So if you divorce her because of those reasons, you better be sure what you're doing. You don't recall matter. She Robin. Rabbi says, no, it's not because of Kilkel, it's simply because of Xerah. The rabbis don't want women to be promiscuous or to be nadranim that people don't want. Say if she made an error in, the, uh, in, a, in a public area where like 10 or more people heard her, then life well, can take her back because that's a bad thing. So the rabbi made Xerah, you can't take back a woman like that. Yes, if they didn't know about it, it's something that uh, it's not embarrassing. And the Yesh Afara, you can break an error like that, then it's okay. Uh, then it's okay. And as afar here probably means uh, you can't break such an edit. Even the rabbis can't break it. Afar here really means Atara. 
But in any case, so he says the reason is simply the rabbis made a takana. We don't want women like that around. So if you should just you should know that to, to, to make sure that you can't take her back and to make sure that women like that don't run around from man to man, etc. We don't want women like that in society. And uh, therefore, make a takana, you can't take her back. Rameyer holds the sheet that we said before of Kilkula. The reason why is because we're afraid you'll say, oh, had I known, I wouldn't be able to see. It's like this. A native that needs, meaning that he couldn't, he couldn't break himself. That might, but a chacham could break it. For example, we learned before that he could only break a netter, or in the nefesh. Let's say she makes another kind of a netter that only a chacham could break. But you shouldn't take it back. Why? Because if it's Rabbin, he'll argue later, no, I didn't know that a chacham could be moderate. Or, or and we don't believe him because he doesn't want to really, uh, he, he, you know, say, if it doesn't need chakiris, chacham, but he could break it. Then uh, they didn't ask for them last year because he can't break with them because he can't argue and say had I known I had I known that the chum would break it I would I would have been able to do it because he could have broken it himself. So Mason's called that a Then he can't take it back because then he can argue. He'll argue afterwards. You know what? Had I known that a chum could break it, I wouldn't have divorced her. And then that would go to Kilkel with her second marriage. So that chum tell you no, you should know right up front if you're divorcing her because of that because of a netter. Then you can't take it back. So if it's something he could have broken himself, the officer, then he can't come along and say, "Had I known uh, that you made a netter like that, uh, that, I, that I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have divorced you," because he could have broken the netter. Just say, if it doesn't need chacham, he could take her back because he's not going to be able to be a couple later on. says, "No, no, no, just the opposite. It, it could be that he didn't know the, the, the only officer, the, the one that needs chacham, because of the one that he could break." And they said, Rashi says in the fourth line, four lines from the bottom page, Shainit Saruch, El Meshainit Saruch. In other words, the Saruch, Loyal Lachish Lakoko, Shain Yachalomer, he wouldn't be able to say, Had I known that a Chacham break it, I wouldn't have divorced you. Because we know he's not going to go to a Chacham and go and be Mavaz's wife in front of a court. But it's talking about where, what we saw in the El of Nedah Shain Saruch, Chacham, a Nedah that he could have broken himself. He might come along and say, I didn't know that I could break myself. Had I known that I could have broken myself, I wouldn't have divorced you. So again, Rabbi Lazar also has the idea that it's Kokula. Had I known this, I wouldn't have divorced you. But he says, no, both whether it's a Chach, whether it needs Chachosom or not Chachosom, even if it doesn't need Chachosom, even if he could have broken it, he could argue later on, he divorced her. And he'll say, oh, I only divorced you because I didn't know I could break the net. Had I known, I wouldn't have broken the net. And therefore, had I know that I could break the net, I wouldn't have divorced you. Therefore, divorce is not a divorce. And their kids from the second marriage are moms. So therefore, we tell them up front, you should know if you're divorcing her because of this reason, you can never take her back. Even if you didn't marry, even if she didn't marry somebody else, we're forbidding you to take her back. And then, and then, then you can't say afterwards, had I known, blah, 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 blah. Had I known, I wouldn't have divorced you. You can't do that. We're telling them up front, you should know. If you're divorced because that reason, you can't take it back. Amar Biyasa Rebira. Maizim Etzidim is a story in Sidon. Again, another story in Sidon, right? They like this. Tadis Gemara likes stories from Sidon, right? Sidon. In Sidon, it's like northern part of Eretz Yisrael, Lebanon. It's in Be'echet Sha'amu Le'ishto. Told his wife, Konim, he made a netter on himself. All apples will be forbidden to me. He made him gashi if I don't divorce you. Be'girshin divorce. Be'tiru l'chacham. Chacham l'adam to return a netikana olam. They take it all. What's the ticket all here? But over here, the, the point is that it was allowed because it wasn't she, she wasn't that drunk. She wasn't the one who made a net or, or wasn't promiscuous. He was the one who made the net. Well, explain what the ticket all is. 
So here, this is the, from here, the Gemara will be picked up on the podcast with Gemara's stuff, but just to, to look at the first few lines, I think we spoke about outside, outside, not inside. The reason over here is he tells her, when do we say this? You can't take her back. He has to tell her at the time of the divorce, I'm divorcing you because you're promiscuous or because because you make the Dharam. I'm divorcing because of this reason. Savar, because of this, uh, this sheet that Rabbi Yisabiri says, Savar, time am I, the reason why you can't take, the reason why the Chum are concerned about taking a bag of Mishim Kukula, because you'll say afterwards, had I known, had I known that it wasn't true, that you weren't promiscuous, or had I known that I could break the net or, or that Nidarm weren't Chal, I wouldn't have divorced you, and he's going to ruin her second marriage. So, if he tells her this, Matzimekalkala, uh, then he could do it. The low, low But if he didn't say it's because of that reason, then he can't do it. Now, is this what we say? Resmini says that he told her he can't take her back because when he says I'm divorcing because of that reason. If he didn't say that reason up front, then anybody could just come and say, Oh, I didn't know you had a uh, nose job. I would have uh, wouldn't have divorced you had I known that. Had I known that you're a nice woman, had I known that you lost all this weight, I wouldn't have divorced you. Anybody could just come along and say that. So it's only speaking about where he told her up front. I'm divorcing because of this reason. You should not have said, the reason is, is because, oh, I divorced because of that reason. Uh, now that the reason doesn't apply, I wouldn't have divorced you. So then he, if he always said that, then he could he could ruin her marriage. So it's only if he said that, but if he said that, we tell him, you should know if you divorce because of that reason, don't come later on and say, had I known that it wasn't true or that I could fix it, I wouldn't have divorced you. We don't allow him to do that. He has to tell that he has to tell that in other words, it's not because he's going to ruin the second marriage, it's simply because if you're divorcing for those reasons, you should tell her those are the reason I'm divorcing you, so that the girl, the young girls in Israel, should not be uh, promiscuous when it comes to sexual matters or make the dorm and, and, and treat the dorm lightly and make the hills therefore you have to tell her this. So there's two ways to learn and these two ways in the Gemara of Rav Nachman are really hidden in the reasons of Rav Yudah and Rav Meir. It's sort of like uh, the two stars of Rav Nachman. It's not like it's a machlokas amaram so much. It's machlokas amaram of amaram, a different gearsus of, of Rav Nachman and Shita. One is like Rav Yudah, so the reason is because of we don't want girls to be promiscuous in the dorm or in sexual matters. And the other reason of mayor is because of Kilkula. And therefore, if he said, because I'm divorcing you because, of the, because you're promiscuous or you make the dorm, if he tells her that, then we have to worry about Kilkul. Only then we have to worry about Kilkul. And then the rabbi said, you should know, you can't take her back anyway. We're, if you divorce because of those reasons, you can't take her back, even if she doesn't marry somebody else, because we're, we we're afraid of of you changing your mind later on and saying you wouldn't have divorced her in a case of that. So therefore the rabbi said, you can't divorce a woman. You, once you divorce her, it's final. The sale's final. You can't come later on with an excuse and ruin the second marriage. So this is tomorrow's stop. This stop Membub will be on the podcast. And on Sunday, we'll pick it up from about eight, nine lines down on the page on Mem Zayim and Alpha. There's a two dots there. Shabbat Shalom, Lekulam. Welcome back, Mem.